Turn quick stops for this and that into quick stops for cash back. With new Chase Freedom Flex, you'll earn 3% cash back at drugstores. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Redline, a millennial tale of passionate love in the combative workplace set in Boston. Hop on board for the next episode of Pia's Tale here on Redline. The next red line train to jail one is now arriving. Rod drove us to the town's beautiful and peaceful Bigelow Park, and we walked around its lagoon-shaped pond on a well-worn dirt path. Ducks glided dreamily over the pond's silken surface that reflected the surrounding trees, not yet changing color for autumn. It was my first time to the park, and I thanked Rod for showing it to me. I know I'll be back. It's so pretty, so inspiring. Yep. A jog here. Six times around is three miles. Wessex has the best of both worlds. Country life near a big city. I love it. I love this city more. You mean you want to move to Boston? Someday. Boston's always been my dream. But look, you've got greenery here and sky. You've got peace and quiet. Boston's 20 minutes away. Or 45 when there's traffic. But I agree. And I love the country too, but the real country. Wilderness. For everyday life, I'm a city girl. Then you'll have to teach me about the city. I know I'll love it through your eyes. For me, life's about learning. I consider myself a lifelong learner. Those words were all I needed to know I had a future with Rod. He was a lifelong learner, just like me. We can make some field trips to Boston. The museums, the galleries, I love theater and film. Sure, he smiled, squeezing my shoulders. So tell me about your day. Pretty much the same as always. Rounds, troubleshooting, new clients. Do women ever work for you? Nah, or or not yet. Paving's pretty hefty work. Gwen does my books and upkeep. Uh, What about you? You said you'd tell me later about your boss. Ugh, she's weird goes with the territory. It's the way she talks to us, like we're little kids who don't know anything and have to be questioned closely and taught a thing or two. I end up feeling like I'm in trouble with the authorities. I don't know, maybe she doesn't realize how she sounds. Forget that. A bad style usually tells you what the person's really like. Just as bad. That's why I'm my own boss, besides controlling the money. Those summers I worked for Mancini showed me exactly what I didn't want. And that was working for a bully. He was sick and sadistic, and from what I've seen, Mancinis are in every workplace. They are the workplace. Ugh, I hope not. But I don't get her shtick. I'm not in competition with her. If she wants to lead the school, great. I'm an art teacher. All I want to do is throw myself into my work. Plus, make my own art in my free time, which she's taken away from me with that dumb basketball deal. Bosses are all the same. They feed off power, and what's power? It's 99.9% evil. Only a few bosses manage to be decent, and when they are, everyone calls them wimps. Like I said, the workplace is screwed up. (laughs) But I like the workplace. I like being with people and having goals together. All I want is to feel good about my contribution, but Lori acts suspicious of me, and I feel like she's out to get me, which is a bad sign. Rod said and put a chummy arm around me. This time, my arm reciprocated and wrapped around him. We smiled at each other. 
I stared for a few extra beats. His smile made him handsome. And when he didn't smile, his face looked older, and the laugh lines hardened downward, even a little grimly, probably from working with such intense concentration. See how nice we fit, he said. I like how you're tall, Pia, and lithe. <laughs> and I like how you are, like a surfboard. A surfboard, he laughed, and then stopped abruptly and took me by the shoulders to stare directly into my eyes for the first time. I saw their blue-gray pupils fanned by wispy reddish lashes and for a disconcerting moment felt I was looking at a total stranger. But when he spoke in a warm voice with emotion, I felt like I knew him again. I'm so attracted to you, Pia, and I hope you don't mind me saying so. I, I, no, I stammered, blushing. Uh, I'm glad. I'm attracted to you, too. It, it's obvious. Thank you for saying that. But it's much more than that, and I should just risk my pride and get it out. I've fallen head over heels in love with you. Oh. Um, after one week of texts? Really, Pia, I'm serious. Love can happen this way, all in a flash, and... And our messages all week bared our souls, and um, I'm not asking you to reciprocate right away, but if you could just give me a little hope that one day you might love me too. I keep rereading your messages. I've, I've saved them all. I read them before I go to sleep, so I'll have sweet dreams. All I want is to take you in my arms and hold you tight against me, feel our chests pressed together. And what's wrong with that? It's normal. It's what falling in love does. It's fine, I said, wanting to give him some kind of reassurance, but overall I was caught off guard. No one had ever made such an impassioned speech to me before, let alone on a second meeting with the first one I'd pick up at Starbucks. I... I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything. Just tell me there's a little hope for me. Well, of course there is. I'm... I'm here, aren't I? I'm attracted to you. I, I want to see you again. I, I want to kiss you. He spun and pulled me tight against him for a kiss, and then another, and then another. I was finally at liberty to run my hands up and down his sides under the leather jacket. Eventually, we stopped kissing. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> he laughed, showing off his bright white teeth up close. They were so bright, I wondered if they were real. They reminded me of a storefront I had seen in Baltimore with young people waiting their turn to have their teeth whitened. More and more people had those white, white smiles that didn't look natural. They were too bright for the face. Rod's fingers touched me under the chin and his eyes looked into mine, full of tenderness but also a new confidence. Will you stay with me tonight? I want that so much. I heard myself say, Sure. Uh... Let's go to my place. Sweet. I wanted to be in my own space, but even more, I wanted Rod to see how I lived, which I knew would be humble compared to his mansion. Not long after, he entered my apartment, stood still, and swept the big main room with his eyes. So did I. It was Spartan. Nice, he said. I went to the kitchen for glasses of water. And when I returned, he was pacing out the room's square footage and then looking out the windows for the three-sided view. I like it here, I said, handing him his water. It's got lots of light and a view of the woods. 
and I can walk to work on a path. I went to the rear window and pointed toward the trees. Yeah, you told me that. Do you... Do you want to go to bed? Uh, uh, gee, <laughs> uh, thanks for making this so easy. I won't go into details of what happened next, except to say that our mutually charged chemistry flowed like a natural substance. We were tall, and our lengths entwined like sailors' lines. We held each other all night long and talked softly, occasionally dozing off, but always in that silken skin feel of new love and sublime delight. He lavished me with compliments to the point where I wondered if they were lines he had learned from a men's magazine or pulp fiction. But whatever they were, they worked, flattering my sense of desirability. He also talked a lot while lovemaking, which I wasn't used to and, at times, found distracting. One of the things he kept repeating was, Gentle. Everything gentle. In a voice that was just as gentle. I wondered why he was so concerned about everything being gentle. Did it have to do with his violent mother? Then, when his passion mounted to breaking point, he pressed deeply against me and said with a note of desperation, Tell me you'll be with me forever! I hesitated so that he whispered more urgently, Just say you want to be with me forever. Words are the biggest turn-on for me, can't you tell? I love you, Pia. So I touched the edge of his ear with my lips and said the words he wanted to hear. I want it to be forever. But my tone sounded automatic, and indeed, I wasn't really ready to think about forever, or even to say I loved him. I didn't know yet, but yes, I wanted to love him. We woke at sunrise, and from the bed I could see the sky's pure blue. A beautiful Saturday awaited us. I scrambled over Rod to get to the window and look out. Come see, I said, and he quickly joined me, both of us stark naked. Dawn's soft orange hues mingled with the tree's dark horizon, and from this orange-peach glow, the faintest yellow rose up and dissolved in the infinite blue sky. I wondered how I could reproduce such subtlety of color on a canvas, as a background or in someone's clothes. We got back into bed, and I curled up against Rod, who opened his phone to check messages and surf around. Leisurely, I studied his dark red whiskers that had sprouted during the night. Like his hair, the red roots were almost black, and the color mesmerized me. I fingered the sharp bristles as he talked eagerly about all the trips we would take. How about Cancun? He turned his phone to show me a picture of a beach. Or better yet, Hawaii. We can hike. And I'm dying to see Australia. We can go whitewater rafting or bungee jumping. You can. I love adventures. Don't you? My idea of a vacation is seeing art and architecture, antiquity, ruins. How about Jerusalem or Turkey? What about Sicily? I could go for that. I want to see where your ancestors came from and how you got so tall. <laughs> I already told you. It was an English gentleman way back in the Grand Tour days. <laughs> Strong genes. We can meet your relatives. And I want to meet yours. There are many of us. Or that I know of, even though the Tuckers have been in Massachusetts since the beginning. One of them married Emerson, but she died young of TB. I don't know if we're even related. My grandparents on both sides were farmers, poor. And my parents were hippies who met at a Rod Stewart concert. That's why I'm named Rob. <laughs> but uh, there was also Roderick in my English ancestry, so I have two namesakes. Did you grow up near your grandparents? Sort of, in the vicinity. We lived in a rural hamlet near New Bedford. 
My first school was a tiny house with three grades in one room. Boys fought each other for superiority, and after getting beaten up a few times, I made sure no one ever touched me again. I don't remember boys fighting in my school. That's because you were too busy jumping rope to notice. My dad told me, let him know who's boss. And to this day, no one messes with me. I even believe those fights help prepare me for adult life with all its adversities. I don't think kids have to go through fights to prepare for adult life. He shrugged. Do you still get in fights? Of course not, but I don't let myself get bullied either. I've thrown a few punches in my time. When? Well, not recently, but I remember the weirdest time was freshman summer when I moonlighted as a bartender and the boss was gay. He got sloshed one night and got all over me. I did my best to tell him courteously to get the f*** off, but he wouldn't let up. He actually kidnapped me. He said he'd give me a ride home after work, and like a fool, I accepted. It was pouring out, but instead of driving me home, he took us all the way to Connecticut before I could get him to stop the car. I insisted I had to pee, either outside or all over his car seat, so he let me out. And that's when I fought him. It was the only way I could escape. And by then, I was so frustrated and pissed, I would have punched him anyway. Sad thing is, a year later I heard he lost his job because of drinking, and then he died in a car crash. His head got severed off. Jeez, that's... that's horrible. Poor guys, poor family. Yeah, it was ugly. I lay quietly for a while, thinking how boys and men got into fights, but... Rod was my first boyfriend to sound proud that he had been in fights. What? he said, as if I had spoken aloud. Nothing, I answered, nuzzling him. I like being with you. Do you feel love for me? Ugh, why had he said that? It broke the spell. It sounded coercive. But I didn't want to cause a problem, so I gave him what he wanted, a little reluctantly. Yes, I do. Please tell me that often, Pia. Let's make these first days last before they disappear. They're pure love and wanting. He was a novelty, so focused on love, on us, on me, that I felt curious. I wanted to know more. I wanted to unravel him, understand. Because at the moment, he seemed like a Martian from outer space. Hey, shall we get some breakfast at Bobolis? Yes, I'm ravenous. Glad to hear I worked up your appetite, he said with a kiss. We showered and lathered each other, our slithering bodies feeling good in the tight space. His voice echoed in the tile work. After Bobolis, let's go to city sports. I want to get a basketball so we can practice. You're going to be the best damn coach the school's ever seen. Ugh, forget it. This is my weekend. Coaching is like one of those nightmares where you're about to take a final exam and you realize you forgot to go to the course. Don't worry, honey. We're going to make this fun. Because you and I are fun. When we got to my car in the parking lot, a hand-me-down outback from my parents, Rod walked all around it, clicking his tongue at its condition. This creature's seen its day, sweetie. From the 90s, am I right? He lightly kicked the back tire with the missing hubcap. 97. But it runs well and fits my canvases in the back. I love it. It has personality. Yeah, but what's it got? 200,000 miles? Something like that? Ugh, you need an update. There's lots else I need first, like a better website. I can help you with that. I can design a site for you. 
I did my dad's and my own. You, you've seen them. And they're really nice. Like I said, design's my thing, from websites to pool patios. His chin rose proudly. I consider myself an artist, like you. I didn't answer. I needed to think about that. Was he an artist like me? How did I define an artist? Did an artist have to spend half of his or her lifetime practicing the art, whether music, writing, acting, or painting? True, he loved to design residential patios, walkways, and walls. And his websites were attractive. But was he an artist? We'll trade. I'll paint your portrait. I was hoping you'd say that. But it was funny because I didn't really see or feel how I could paint him the way I had instantly wanted to paint Wafa and Charles. I looked at Rod, trying to imagine him on a canvas. Suddenly, I saw Zorro in a black mask, holding a sword against his evil opponent, his shiny black legs stretched to capacity. (laughs) What? Are you laughing at me? No, no, not at all. I, I don't even know why I laughed. Probably because I'm happy. That's what I want to hear. At Bobolese, we snuggled against each other while waiting in line, just the way I always had seen new lovers in cafe lines on weekends. They blended their bodies, nuzzled, and whispered against each other's faces with sensuous smiles. Now it was my turn. Rod knew the cashier. Janice, this is my girlfriend Pia. She teaches at school. Yeah, I've seen you in here this week. Rod's one of our best customers. Janice was 30-ish, with nose and lip piercings, tattooed arms, and hennaed hair. She reminded me of a rebel, someone on the fringe who might drift forever if she didn't make professional changes soon. Looks like you got stuck with a weekend shift. Yeah, the new hire called in sick, like, hangover? I got out my wallet, but Rod waved it off. This one's on me. You can get the next. (laughs) Fine. Then, to my chagrin, he pulled out a wad of bills, like an inch thick, and held it up for everyone to see while he shuffled through it, repeatedly, as if trying to decide which bill was best for paying our check. Janice waited passively behind the register, perhaps used to this act. We took our croissants and cappuccinos to a booth at the back, and en route, Rod took a gigantic bite out of his pastry. He popped the other half in as he slid into his seat. With an offhanded gesture, he dropped his empty paper plate on the table, scattering the pastry crumbs. Wow, that was fast. (laughs) Hungry! He grunted, with a full mouth but aware of my critical eye. We sat opposite each other then in awkward silence. I tore off bites of my croissant and he watched me eat. As the minutes passed, I felt his tension, as if he were waiting with forced patience for me to finish so we could shove off to the next thing. The sports store, the basketball, much more tantalizing activities than eating a croissant with bourgeois manners. Here, you want some? I said, offering him a piece of my pastry. Nope, I had enough. Did you think I ate too fast? Was that why you made that comment? <laughs> you, you finished before we even sat down in, in two gigantic bites. So? I don't like your tone. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything super serious. You're too sensitive. Let's just enjoy this good coffee, I said, trying to sound cheerful. Yeah. Andrea and I used to come here. Kelly didn't like coffee. Who is Kelly? Oh, uh, didn't I text you about Kelly? I I thought I did. I, I guess I didn't. Well, um, I'm embarrassed to admit that I've been married twice. Twice? That, that's big news. 
Yep, uh, but with Kelly, there were circumstances. Oh? Like? Um, she, she got pregnant our senior year of high school, so I married her right after graduation. You married her. <laughs> I'm sorry, didn't she marry you too? Obviously, she married me too. Was there something wrong with the way I said I married her? Only that you married her. Like, it was your choice to marry her and she didn't have a say. He stared at me as if I were insane. Forget it. It's just, it's just semantics and I'm a feminist, so I hear that kind of thing. So, uh, why didn't you and Kelly have an abortion? She didn't want that and, and you know, at the time, neither did I. We were young, immature, and she was my first serious girlfriend. I thought I loved her and I wanted to do the right thing by her. That's the way I was brought up. Or maybe you'd say I just wanted to be a hero, but obviously I'm different now and I would have insisted on an abortion. So, um, you have a a kid somewhere? I was feeling strange, surreal. This news should have come up before we slept together. Nope, no kid. Um, Kelly miscarried a few weeks after our wedding. We stayed together, though, for about a year and then split up. We had nothing in common. I was involved in college, and she didn't do anything. She didn't have any interest besides teen magazine, and I wanted out. She's happily married now, with two kids, and and works in a gym. His hand squeezed his empty coffee cup, crushing it. With you, Pia, I could be in for the long haul, if you wanted me. I've never felt like this before. I didn't yet comprehend how he could feel permanent about us so fast, but I didn't hold it against him. And as for his marriages, I wanted to put myself in his shoes and be understanding. I could see how his first marriage had happened and how his second one to Andrea was similar to lots of people's failed relationships. I didn't think I needed to worry yet about his ability to succeed in a relationship with me. We had started with amazing physical chemistry, and I had felt it easy to chat with him our first week of texting. But I also knew I would never jump into marriage with him without knowing more. And there was my feminism. I couldn't tolerate the double standard, nor being treated like an inferior by a man. I couldn't help but wonder if Rod, so enthralled with me at the moment, understood what it really meant to coexist with a woman who insisted on equality. I could see Rod was feeling insecure because of Kelly and his table manners, so I let my feet steal over his boots under the table. He smiled and took my hand. (sighs) Thanks, honey. He kissed my fingers and looked deeply at me. This this might sound over the top, but I see the world of finding the right person like billiards. The ball bounces off other balls, hits sidewalls, gets stuck in pockets, but then one day, in the randomness of encounters, the right two balls collide. And instead of bouncing, they stick. I tried to relate to his words, but nothing could be farther from my own way of thinking about love than billiard balls. But I told myself I liked how Rod had made a metaphor for his feelings, and I liked his novelty, his traits, and his differences. I had never met anyone like him before, and my eyes wanted to keep watching, my head wanted to keep processing. (sighs) You're a character study for my paintbrush. What? Oh, (laughs) nothing. Thank you for listening to episode four of Redline. Redline is written by G.D. Spilsbury and narrated by Anna Gravel, directed and produced by Fred Greenhalge, with assistant producer Grace Waldron. 
Redline is dedicated to Jim Cantor and Brooke Lambert. If you've enjoyed this Redline story, please tell your friends about us and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving reviews allows us to get more listeners, like yourself, so we can keep bringing you good stories. Learn more about Redline at redlinepodcast.com. That's redlinepodcast.com. Hey moms, this is Pam from WeHelpMomsWorkFromHome.com. You know, with all the moms trying to navigate working from home, homeschooling your kids, virtual learning, or not being able to work at all, we have a great option for you. It's changed the lives of hundreds of women that have joined us. What if you could really work from home around your family's busy schedule, earn some extra income, or even a replacement income? You can. So request info today at WeHelpMomsWorkFromHome.com. That's WeHelpMomsWorkFromHome.com.